0: Hey guys, how you doing? This is Jim Collins back again. I actually wanted to uh, make a, make a video in response to a good friend of mine's uh, Ruby and James Sylvester from Sylvester farms. They put up a video, I made a, a post today on Facebook uh, that pretty much stated that um, talking about some of the manners or being respectful as far as doing a farm visit. And to me, Some of the stuff that I read in in Ruby and James Investor's post, you know, guys use the word common sense all the time, but obviously it's not that common. That's why we say I don't know how much common sense it is. But what I want to talk about, and I have talked about this before, and I think I talked about it way back a few years ago. um, One of the guys from the farm had told me to make a video about it pertaining to how somebody should act when you do a farm visit. And again, you would think people would know how to act, but we just can't assume that they do know how to act when they do a farm visit. Um, So what I would you know, what I'm going to talk about, what I want to share is just some of the things that I have seen on farm visits, uh, the way I carry myself on farm visits and then talking, uh, sharing with y'all guys with a lot of these farm owners. And it's not just big farms you know, all size farms because, uh, you know, birds are purchased from all size farms. They're not just purchased from big farms. So I'm going to share with y'all guys some of the things uh, that has came across in conversations of the experiences some of these farm owners have had with farm visits. You know, everybody wants to be able to open their farm up to the public, uh, especially if you sell fowl, you want people to be able to come over, take a look at your operation, take a look at the birds, you know, because in many cases, Birds cannot, you can't appreciate the birds just based on a picture on social media. So it's nothing like seeing the birds firsthand. So again, farm visits are very, very common. I appreciate y'all guys checking in. Hey Ashley, Bone Crusher. Um, so if you just chimed in, you know, I'm I want to share some thoughts in 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 relation to a post that I seen from uh, Ruby and James Sylvester from Sylvester Farms. Many of y'all guys know them. So I want to, uh, you know, talk about, you know, talk about, um, uh, again, farm matters. And I actually um, told, you know, Ruby and James Sylvester, if they can tag me in that post, you know, because I wanted the post to come to my page, because, again, we cannot assume that individuals know how to act uh, when they do a farm visit. Again, if you're selling, these guys out here selling fowl, in many cases, they want you to be able to visit their farm. Some people don't like people visiting their farms for different types of reasons, you know, um your reasons. They don't want you bringing diseases and stuff like that to the farm. You know, some people have had experiences with, you know, doing farm visits and fowl come up stolen. You know, so it's a whole bunch of horror stories. So we already know that part. Let's talk about the positive part and what we can do or what you can do when you visit in a farm. And I'll share what I basically do and how I carry myself at a farm. And then I'll also share, you know, what uh, the farm owners say, kind of they dislike when people come to their farm and the things that they do, just like what Ruby and Sylvester posted today. The first thing is obviously reach out to individual, have some, you know, have some type of a conversation and and establish some, at least an initial uh, communication and friendship, you know, what is the purpose of the farm visit? You know, for each individual person, it, it can be something different. But it's, there's a reason why you want to do the farm visit. So always just keep that in mind. There's a reason why you always want to do, why individuals want to do farm. Visit. Some people are 100% A OK with getting their foul picked for them, shipped across the country on the other side of the world, had great success with that. Some individuals truly believe that they don't want nobody to pick their foul. They would rather go to the farm and pick their own foul, you know, and that's, again, those are the individuals in many cases that we're talking about, um, about again, like doing farm visits. So let's talk about it. So y'all guys know, I, I, I visit a lot of farms, all different sizes, all different parts of the country and Obviously, the first thing that I do is I establish a relationship with the individual on a farm visit that I will be going. So once I get out there, go out there, you know, we make the introduction on a face-to-face. If I have never met him face-to-face before, uh, then we kind of start the walk through. But prior to me going to the farm visit, I have an idea of what kind of bloodlines he carry, you know, what families he carry you know, how long he had the birds, you know, I have an idea of kind of what's going on and at least some backstory on an individual breeder and his farm, you know, how long has he been there? How big is the farm? Obviously you can see a lot of pictures and stuff like that on social media. So what's all that's done, you get out there. So it's not like you're meeting a stranger. That's what I will always say. Try to establish some type of relationship prior to doing a farm visit. And that's for two reasons. One, it's a lot less awkward When you go out and do a farm visit with somebody, you'd have multiple communications with either through phone, text, video chat or whatever the case is. So you want to I would suggest try to establish some type of um, relationship with the individual. The second reason I say I think you should establish a relationship with the the individual breeder is because you don't want it to be a wasted farm visit. Like you don't want to go out to a farm and find out that what the guy's breeding, you have no interest in it. Or how he keep his foul, you have no interest in that. You know, like, uh, uh, if it ain't up to your standards, you know, you don't want to go out there and get shell-shocked. You know, you don't want to go out there and get surprised. So, that is a second reason. And then also, too, you know, you have to make sure that the individual breeder is breeding a type of foul, the quality of foul, the characteristics, and all that kind of stuff that you're looking for. If not, it's a waste of trip unless you're going there to, you know, to just get to know the individual, create a life experience, you know, get some knowledge from the individual. But that should be clear. You know, never do a farm visit with any hidden agendas. If you're not going out there to buy anything, let that be known. Because if the breeder thinks you're coming out there to look at stuff to buy, and then you get out there, and he's trying to figure out why y'all going through all these birds and you still not interested in buying anything, then it becomes an awkward situation. You know, then it then it becomes an awkward situation. So you definitely want to uh, 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 establish a relationship with the individual and let them know why you are coming to do a farm. You know, I'm not coming out there to buy any foul, but I would like to look at your foul personally. You know, I would like to come out there and chat with you. Many of the guys are not going to have a problem with that at all. But I say definitely don't go out there with any hidden agendas like, hey, I'm gonna go out there and pretend like I'm, I want to buy some fowl. So I can ask him about this, ask him about that, ask him about this family, ask him about that family or this guy or what happened in the Bayou Club when somebody was eating nachos. Go, don't go out there with a hidden agenda. And you think that I shouldn't have to say that, but I'm telling you, individuals go out to these farm visits with hidden agendas. My personal opinion is not necessary. The second thing is you can only hide that hidden agenda for so long eventually when you get out there, the true agenda while you're out there will come out. So I always say to make the visits great, you know, go out there, let them know why you're coming out there. Because again, you may not, you know, you shouldn't want to waste their time, but you also don't want to waste their time as well. So, and depending on how far you're traveling, it might be a bigger waste for you than them because they could just turn around and go right back into the house. So establish a relationship with the individual that you want to visit uh, let that individual breeder know why you coming out there, why you want to do a farm visit, and be open and honest about why you want to be a, do a farm visit. Um, it may be something as simple as I love the way your fowl perform. I have seen them in other people's hands. You know, I see a lot of pictures through uh, Messenger and WhatsApp and social media and all that kind of stuff. But I really would like to come out to your farm and put my hands on them because I am thinking about a future purchase, that's that. So, so you're letting the farm, you, you're letting the breeder know that you may or may not purchase something the day you come to do the farm visit. You're also letting the breeders know why you wanna come out there. you also letting the breeders know that you have seen his fowl before in other people's hands. That right there, to me, puts everything on the up and up. To me, I think it establishes an environment for a very open-ended conversation, a very welcoming uh, approach, you know, when you go out there, because now it's, it's nothing hitting. You know, the guy, the breeder knows that you've seen his fowl before. The breeder understands that you want to see the birds in person. All that stuff is understandable. All that stuff is understandable. Um, so that's that part. So definitely, when guys, when I go out and meet guys, and, and again, many of the times I got to farm visits, not just to meet the individual. Sometimes I ask them, sometimes I get invited. You know, but they know I'm not coming to buy no foul. Every farm visit I go to, they already know I'm not coming to buy a foul. I'm coming in to talk. I'm coming in to look at their foul. I'm coming in to create an experience. I'm coming in to maybe get some knowledge that I can share with individuals who may not ever get to visit that farm. These guys already know that. They already know that. So there is no hidden agenda when I'm going to somebody's farm. They know exactly my purpose of coming to their farm. Okay? So now... Let's move on to the next thing. Uh, The next thing is, and this is one of the biggest things. When you go out to these farms, understand, think about what time of the year it is, right? And that is going to let you know if you're going to really be able to handle the fowl. Now, if you want to go to this farm and you want to put your hands on this guy's, this breeder's fowl, because you have seen him in other people's hands, but you want to go to his farm and and put your hands on his fowl, at his farm that he has raised, then you probably shouldn't go out there doing a moat. I'm thinking you probably shouldn't want to go out there doing a moat. If you've been in chickens long enough and you're going out there doing a moat to me, I'm like, well, why are you going out there? Like, what, what, what are you, what are you, what are you trying to do? You know what I'm saying? Like, what, what are you, what's your game plan? Because you really shouldn't be putting a whole bunch of chickens in your hand you shouldn't be, you know, I don't, you know, do you think you are going to go out there doing a moat and you want to start handling that breeders birds, walking all over his farm, handling his birds when they're in a moat? I don't think that's a great idea. Now, if you're just getting into game foul, then obviously you don't know any better. So that's why I throw that word common sense out the window. Because if you never, if you don't really know much about foul, period, and you don't understand how important and how painful and how hard the moat is on a bird, you may not know you're not going to know that until somebody tell you. So it ain't going to be common sense until after you told. So you know, if you don't know, then ask the breeder, what's the best time of the year to come out there and do a farm visit? Obviously, during the moat ain't going to be the best time because the birds ain't going to look the best. they're going to look the worst. You have birds that's beautiful when they're not in the moat. But when they're in a moat, they look like they ain't worth 50 cents. So that's why I always question, what is somebody going out there doing a moat for? Unless, again, you're not going out there to purchase any birds or put your hands on them and that kind of stuff. you just going out there to meet the guy, you know, talk chickens with him And that. that's that's a different story. But if you're going out there looking to put your hands on somebody's fowl, you shouldn't be really going out there doing a moat because they don't look good, they don't feel good, and they you really shouldn't be pressuring the breeder to allow you to handle his foul. Now I'm pretty sure. When you go there. Maybe some birds will be further along. Through the moat than others. Um, But if they are. Again. You know like I say. Majority of the birds are not going to look good. So moat is not the best time. In my opinion. To do a farm visit. If you're looking to purchase foul. Now. I know. Again. Going back to these hidden agendas. There's guys that try to do farm visits during a moat. Figuring that, Hey, I'll be to go out there and get them for cheap, you know, because they ain't going to look as good and I can probably get them a little cheaper than I would if they are fully feathered looking beautiful. You think people don't go out there to do that? They do do that. I promise you, they do that. I have heard it in many conversations. Guys do that. So just don't be one of those individuals. Right? So you going out here, uh, Hey, what's up, Miss Sylvester? We got Sylvester. James Sylvester is actually in the comment section right now. And the uh, I told him earlier that I was going to make this video about you know etiquette and, and farm matters. So, like I say, those are the things that we should do first: establish your relationship with the breeder. You know, let the let the breeder know what your intentions are uh, for coming out to the farm. If you plan on purchasing fowl at that time, if you plan on purchasing them in the future, you just want to come out there and get a feel for them how they look, how he keep his foul, how he raise his foul, you know, let that breeder know that, you know, again, don't go out there with any hidden agendas. Um, And then once that all established, establish all of that prior to going out there to do a farm visit. I think you should talk to a breeder multiple times prior to going out there to do a farm visit, because again, you don't want to waste his time and you definitely don't want to waste your time because the breeder is closer to his house than you are. (laughs) So, Go out there. uh, And again, if you're looking to do a purchase, the moat is probably not the best time to go out there. Um, So we got past that port. So the next part I would say is when you do finally arrive um, to the farm, appreciate the fact that that individual welcomed you to his home. Don't overlook that fact. See, there's many people in life that strangers have hardly, hardly ever came to their home. So you got to understand, these guys are breeders. Regardless of what size they're farming, small, medium, or large, they'll welcome you to their home. So have some respect. Go there to for one thing, to look at game foul. You're not there to look at his cars. You're not there to look at his house. You're not there to look at his dog. You're there to look at game foul. That's it. That's what I do. I'm going to that person's house and I greatly appreciate them v- welcoming me to their home. And what I mean, home, their farm. I don't mean inside their house. Very rarely, you know, I don't have any interest in going in anybody's house unless I'm invited. Other than that, I don't have any interest in going in anybody's house. I'm, o- I'm OK with, with visiting a farm because that's what I came here for. If we do end up in a house, and in many cases, you will. Don't make no comments. Don't worry about if his house is messy, his house not messy, if the heat's working, if the air conditioner's not working. You're not there for that. And literally, guys, I'm saying this because I know a lot of people sit back say, man, me common sense. No, it's not. It's not common sense. You're at this farm for one reason, just to come out there and look at his foul, unless the agreement was otherwise prior to you going out there. So don't ask to go into people's house. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't ask to go in nobody's house. Use the restroom before you get there. Don't ask to go in nobody's house. You out there to look at foul. Foul are not kept inside the house. So you out there. Y'all already established a relationship. So now you going walking around a farm. Guys, just ask questions. What you got here? What you got there? You know, and let the breeder get the talking. He'll explain, oh, this is my family from here. This is what they got. Oh, this is my family. This is how long, ha- how long I had those. This, this, and that. You know, you can make comments on, oh, he got a nice build. Looks like he got a wide back. I like his station. This, this, and that. If the breeder picks up a foul and offers you to hold him, then you hold them. Typically, I don't ever act to hold nobody's foul because you know what? he may not want you to feel that particular bird that you're looking at. But you can ask say, hey, would you mind if I hold him? There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, So, you know, uh, when you're going out there, I'm sure that the breeder is going to offer you fowl to hold. You know, you make comments on different fowl. You might like a stag. You might like a cock. You might like a pullet. You might like a hen. You make comments on it and you say, hey, you mind? She looked like she got a really good body on her. I like that station. I like this. You know, that stag right there. I like his station. You know, and typically they'll grab them and, and and let you feel them. You know, obviously, if you're doing a farm visit, the breeder's expecting for you to want to feel, not just look at his foul. That's why you shouldn't be going out there really doing a moat, expecting to handle all of this individual's foul. That's not right. Okay, so you go out there, you get the feeling is foul and stuff like that. What you don't want to do is, guys, you're visiting his farm. He's not visiting your farm. I see a lot of guys and I hear a lot of guys go to other people's farms and they do more talking than listening. They do more talking about. How good their round heads are, how good their hatches are, how good their sweaters are, how they got this kind of station. The back is a little longer than his, the legs are a little longer than his. You know, da-da-da-da-da. they just go on and on and on. And I'm like, dude, why did this guy come to this man's farm if he's doing more talking about what's at his house? The breeder didn't ask to come to your house, you asked to come to the breeder's house. So be all ears inquire about different things that you're interested in and different things that you see, but don't turn a farm visit into a competition. Oh, I like your hatches and my hatches got the same back as that. It didn't matter if your hatches got the same back as that. As long as you know, they got the same back. That's the only person that needs to know. He's not trying to buy none of your hatches. He has his own. So if you're going out there and you see, okay, you know, his hatches, Man, them hatches right there, they look good. They got a wide back on them. I like the station. You know what I mean? You know, all, okay. That's something you're thinking in your mind. You ain't got to tell a breeder, oh, yeah, you know, I, I, I like your hatches. You know, mine's a little bit taller than yours. Or mine's a little shorter than yours. Or, or mine's back is a little wider than yours. That breeder don't care about that. Because, again, you're at that breeder's house. The breeder's not at your house. So he don't literally care. And there's no disrespect. But you asked to come to visit his farm. So he's assuming that you're coming to visit his farm to look at his foul. He's not assuming that you're coming to visit his farm to compare your foul to his. Now, if you got questions about in regards to, Hey, I see your hatcher's back is a little wider than mine, right? I'm looking to add more back to mine. You know what I mean? What you think I should do? And that breeder said, Hey, hey, you know, if you got, you know, you're, you're trying to put a broader back on, on your foul, you know, you might want to do this, this and this, you might want to, you know, select this one over this one. Ask questions like that. But I'm telling you, it is amazing how many individuals do a farm visit. And will, you cannot stop them from talking about their foul. I'm like, you're at this man's farm. That man ain't actually one thing about what you had at your house. He didn't think you was coming there to tell him everything about what you had. So, again... Just something to be conscious of, because you might not even do it consciously. You might not even realize you're doing it, but you're doing it. So again, go out there, observe what you like. If you see something you like, you can ask me, hey, listen, I really love the body on that one. I love the station on that one. Man, I love the back on that one. Let me feel, how, how does he feel? And typically the breeder will go and grab him and put him in your hands. I typically let the breeder grab his foul and put it in my hand. I do not reach down there and grab his foul. I don't know if that thing's a man fighter. I don't know how he might act with me being a stranger. He might hurt his leg off a tie cord or something trying to get away from me. I don't know that. I don't know that. So I don't reach down and grab nobody's foul. I let them do the reaching. I let them go in a cage and grab it. And, and guys are like, oh, that's in a cage, but I'm not on a tie cord. No, I'm on a tie cord too. On Because I don't know it. I don't know that bird. I don't know that bird. And, and again, I don't want him to hurt himself trying to get away from me because he doesn't know me. All foul don't have the same temperament. All foul doesn't have the same temperament. So don't go out there and assume that, hey, he looks good. He looks docile. You know, he over there relaxing, chilling. Let me go over there and step on his tie core so he can't get away from me and grab him. I ain't doing that. I ask him, sir. You know, obviously I'll know the person's name. Hey, Freddie, hey, do me a favor, man. Let me Let me feel that one. Now let Freddie go over there and let Freddie step on his tie cord, or whatever method he used to catch him. And let Freddie get him, calm him down, get him in a hand and then hand him to me. That's the way I do it. I don't reach and grab nobody's foul at all. So, again, something to think about when you go out at these farm visits. And like I said, I can't re keep reiterating. Don't go out there with a hidden agenda. Let that individual know why you coming out there. Because it will save everybody a lot of time. And usually you he will take you to exactly what you're looking for instead of wasting time going through a whole bunch of birds that you're not even interested in. You know, if you let him know, hey, listen, I'm looking for something like this, you know, with a tall station, a wide back. Oh, yeah, I got some of those. Okay, So when you go out there, y'all go straight to those. Y'all go straight to those. So then once y'all done with all those, then you can start looking at all them random birds that he have on the yard that you didn't come out there to look at. And you actually might find something random, and I'm saying random to you, not random to the breeder, that you didn't go out there looking. You might see some say, wow, you know what? I really like that one. I didn't come here for that one, but tell me something about that one. Let me feel that one. And you may end up purchasing that one. Or you may end up learning, hey, I didn't even know you had those. You see what I'm saying? So, um, you know that's that's just uh, uh uh just something something to just keep in mind. You know what I mean when you're going out there. Um, so let me talk about the other thing, and this is a really really big thing. This is a really really big thing, and and this is something I talked to Ruby and James Sylvester about why I wanted to be tagged in a post that she put up and shared and make a note because I made a video about this before, but I'm making it again. Um, when you go out to people's farms, right? Let's talk about. Let's talk about this. This is a big deal. This this part right here is a big deal. When you go out to somebody's farm, I don't know who ever taught people that when you go out to, look, this is not a car lot. It may look like a car lot because they may have a few 50 birds or so they might have 5,000 birds. The deal with this uh, sparrow. Oh, let me see him spar. Oh, let me see that one spar or let me see that one spar, or let me see that one spar. Hey, there's some breeders out there that that wouldn't care. They'll spar them all day long for you. Let me give you an analogy of of sparring. Tell me this, you go out to this individual's farm, and, and you know what, prior to going out there, if you are wanting to spar some birds, to make your selection if that's how you select because, hey, reality is that's how some guys select. Some guys would need to see them spar before they even consider purchasing them. Well, one, you got to be careful with that because in some states, sparring is illegal. So if you're in a state, you need to know the farm that you're visiting. If that state sparring is illegal, if sparring is illegal, don't go out there and ask that man to spar the bird. You don't even he don't even know you. And even if he did know, he probably still wouldn't spar the bird. And now we can get to that. So again, understand in some states, sparring is illegal. Okay? So if you're one of the individuals, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. If you're one of the individuals that cannot make a selection without seeing them spar first, then make sure you let that breeder know that prior to you going out there. Because if you're going out there, and and now he doesn't want to spar the birds. Y'all both done wasted all your time and you wasted more time than him because he's closer than, to his house than you are. So let that be known if you want to spar birds in order to make your selection process. Um, if you're not, this is another thing. And again, every breeder is different. But if you're not uh, looking to purchase at that time and you are one of those individuals who can only make a selection process through sparring. Why would you want to spar the birds now and you're not even ready to buy right now? You know what I mean? Like something can spar good right now. And in six months down the road, he might not even be on a farm anymore. And then you'll be coming back in six more months. Someone say, okay, let's spar him all over again. Let me see how he do. Right? So again, let, if that's, if you're one of those guys, let the breeder know that. Cause the breeder might say, Hey brother, don't even waste your time. You know, I don't do, I don't spar. I don't spar my birds. You know, this way nobody wastes their time. Um, so, let's look at the fact of sparring. Now, if you are one of those guys that want to see you spar, you meet a breeder that don't have any problems with sparring. Ask yourself this one question: Should you be out there? In 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 you in a state where it's perfectly legal to spar birds, are you going to go doing a moat and ask him to spar some birds doing a moat? You see what I'm saying? Just think about that. Are you going to spar birds? You expecting to spar birds doing a moat? I don't think that's a good idea. And I don't know many. And well, it is some guys out there. I don't know if you know if you call them breeders. They could just be called chicken owners. Or or I, I take that back. I I totally take that back. People can do whatever they want to do with their foul. You know, people can do whatever they want to do. Some, If you want to spar your foul doing moat, that's your business. It's your chickens, your time, and your money. Um, but many of the breeders that I go visit, they don't want you sparring. They don't want to spar fowl doing a moat. okay? So now let's move over to the next thing. Guys, understand this. What happens when you're out there? First of all, it has to be a reason that you even want to do a farm visit. You must have seen something, heard something, or been told something about that individual's fowl you even to want to make the trip out there, right? So you already got an idea what characteristics he's breeding, the quality of foul he's breeding, how his foul look. You already got the idea about that. That's why you out there. That's what attracted it to you. So you go out there. I don't think to me, to me, it's good To want to go out there and ask a breeder to spar his foul. If a breeder doesn't want to spar his foul, I don't think it's because they're hiding something. But just think about it like this. How about doing a spar for you? One of his stags lose an eye. How about that? How How about you go out there and you ask the man to spar the bird and one of the birds lose an eye? Are you going to buy it? You know that, that saying, like they said, when you go in the store, you break it, you bought it. Are you going to buy that stag? Most likely you're not. So you know what? That leaves that breeder there with a very devalued stag now. A very devalued stag. Now that stag ain't really worth nothing. Because now he got one eye. Because he was trying to show you. And actually, what the crazy part about it is, the one that hit him in the eye, you're probably not even going to buy that one either. So he does put on this exhibition for you for something you're not even going to buy. You see what I'm saying? So, so we got to look at it from that standpoint as well, as far as, you know, judging breeders, if they don't want to spar birds, I'm not sparring a no bird for you. You come and buy one from me is the reason why you coming to me. If that ain't good enough, then just don't come. But me, as far as sparring a bird from you with another bird, how about the other, bird? how about both of them get injured? Then what? And and, and you don't buy either one of them. Then what you doing? You leaving me with two injured birds that I got to medicate. They can get an infection. I got to do something to them. Oh, no, it's not that big a deal. Just one buckle. Well, a bird can lose an eye. I've seen birds get knocked unconscious with one blow, and that's with boots on. It doesn't happen. I'm not saying it happens often, but it has happened. And the guys always say, oh, hey, you know, too much sparring can, you know, cause a lot of bad habits. So you got a breeder there that's that selling season is started. Imagine if everybody who came to his farm, talking about, can you spar? Can you spar? Can you spar? Can you spar? spar? They damage in their feathers and all kinds of stuff. So, you know, again, that is the reason why you shouldn't be at nobody's farm asking them to spar the bird. If he voluntarily want to spar, him, let him. you didn't ask him to. That's his business. Those are his chickens. He's okay with it. Let him spar them. But as far as you asking him to spar, again, just let him know that prior to going out there. Because he might tell you, I oh, don't spar burgers for customers or potential customers. Because you're not even a customer. You're a potential customer, but you're not even a customer. So let's move to the next thing. What does sparring really tell you anyway? Just think about that, guys. What does a one-two buckle spar tell you, anyway? My personal opinion, it really tells you nothing. It really tells you nothing, and based on the history, it ain't really telling nobody nothing. You go out there to purchase it. Oh, let me see about. Oh, good guy. Oh man, do you? Do you see that? Oh my god. Oh, oh. I, I'm trying to figure out what do you what? What did you just look at? That re, that 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 that, that garnered that kind of reaction. What are you talking about? I mean, haven't we learned throughout the years with social media, these guys showing these birds hitting these uh muñecos, a rooster dummy 900,000 times and all that, and during the season come and all that, and you never see that bird again? Because the bird ain't won nothing. They ain't, they ain't never they ain't never post up all year that one I showed you that hit that muñeco or that rooster dummy a thousand times, 17 feet in the air. Yeah, they, they, you ain't going to never see that bird again because they ain't won nothing. So that's what I'm saying. Don't take my word for it. Do your own research and ask. Ask yourself. Ask the individual that you see with those videos. You know, t- you know what I'm saying? That's all you got to do. Don't take my word for it. Do your own investigation. So what I'm saying is, is if you're going out there to buy, you're basically going out there buying based on trust. Based on trust and based on what you have seen from other people. That's what got you out there. So, if that's not enough to buy, then maybe you don't even need to be at that farm. That's just my personal opinion. That's just my personal opinion. Because you're not learning anything from a spar. All those birds can spar excellent at that man's farm. You take them to your farm, and two weeks later, spar them, they could all spar like trash. So what does that mean? Do you take them back? Do you jump on social media and start trashing a guy? Or do you realize that sparring ain't really telling you nothing? That's what I'm saying. So it's just something to look at. So, again, if you're one of those guys who want to see him spar, make sure you let that breeder know that's what one of your requirements are in order for you to make a purchase. And then let that breeder, let the breeder tell you if that's something he's going to be able to accommodate or if not. And then again, make sure the state that you're looking at fouling, that sparring is not illegal in that state because it is illegal in some states. OK, that's just something to keep in mind. Um, so other than that, you know, that's kind of like I said, what I talked about in this video. Those are really the main points. You got two ears and one mouth. You know, ask some questions about his foul. He's not, you're not there to tell him how good your foul is, how long you had your foul, where your foul come from, the characteristics, you're not at that farm business for that. You're out there to ask him questions about his foul. Don't just go grabbing something off of, uh, that's on a tie cord or any cage. Let the breeder grab it for you. Let the breeder handle, hand it to you. Make sure you go out there with clearing chinches and no hitting agendas. Make sure you let the breeder know why you coming out there. Hey, I want to look at your white heifer. Hey, I want to look at those roundheads. Hey, I want, and Brina might say, Hey, what you have seen them before? Oh, yeah, I know Pablo, he had some and I really liked them. Or Freddie had some and I really liked them. He'd be like, Oh, yeah, I know Freddie. Freddie, I said Freddie got this kind or Pablo got that kind. So when you go out to the farm, he's going to take you exactly what you came there to look for. And after you get done looking at what you came there to look for, then you can spend your time looking at all the other foul he got out there. You might see some foul that you didn't even know he 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 owned. He bred. You might stumble across a project, what I call R&D, research and development, that he got going on out there. Because many farms that I have been to, they all got something going on. You know, he might tell you, nah, 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 we're not going over there. And that might be that top secret. <laughs> that might be that top secret, you know, uh, and uh, 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 d project he got going on. That ain't been perfected yet. So he's not trying to show it to you. So, you know, again, guys, those are just some of the things, uh, like I say, that you want to look at uh, and think about when you go out to do these farm visits. And I don't assume that this is common sense. It's not common sense because I know before I got into chickens, I didn't know exactly what to feed a chicken. I didn't know what they ate. I thought corn was okay because everybody else was feeding corn. So what it ain't common sense. All right. Because what you know, somebody either taught you, you didn't seen it, you didn't heard it or you tried it. You didn't come out the womb with chicken knowledge. okay? you didn't come out the womb with chicken knowledge. So only thing I think is common sense is a chicken need food and water. How much food, how much water? That ain't common sense but I know they need some food and some water to survive. Other than that, ain't no common sense to it. Okay. Um, So, so that, that is why I wanted to make this video because again, in order for Ruby and James Sylvester to have to put that post up, they encountered that. And then again, it goes back to if it was common sense, why did they encounter those issues? Because it's not common sense. Okay. So um, you know, uh, like I say, guys, so that's 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 pretty much it in a nutshell, you know, and I think that it's our responsibility as present-day breeders to teach this next generation, not just young, because the next generation is not always young. I didn't get in the game foul until I got in my 30s. Okay, so it's not like all new next generation are in their 20s, they're not. You got guys in their 40s just got in the game foul. You got women who got in the game foul in their 40s. You know, they dated somebody. They started to date somebody or marry somebody. Whatever the case is, that's in the game foul. You see what I'm saying? So I think it's our responsibility to share this knowledge, to try to teach the individuals. So when they go out to these places or experience these things, they at least got some basics on kind of how to carry themselves out there. And to me, carrying yourself like this on somebody's farm to me, creates an opportunity to build a stronger relationship. If you go out to a man's farm or individual's farm, man or woman, and they feel as though you've been a little disrespectful, you've been a little inconsiderate, then that's once you leave, that relationship is done. That relationship is done. If you go out there with hidden agendas and then they kind of find out that, oh, this guy's now here to buy chickens, this guy's out here to ask me about this, 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 and this, then again, that relationship is done because you went out there with a hidden agenda. So, you know, again, just keep these things in mind. Be very straight up, forward and frank. What you're coming out there for? Why you want to come out there? Ask them, hey, listen, when is the best time? You know, and uh, uh, um, based on that feedback, that's how you make a determination. Yeah, based on the feedback, that's how you make the determination. And I'm telling you, a lot of the stuff that I talked about, individuals have done those things at people's farms. They had, they have done those things. See, everybody who owns a chicken is not a cocker, is not a breeder. Some people are just chicken owners. So some of those individuals, again, or some of them are just gamblers. Sometime when those individuals go to a farm, they do a lot of the stuff that we talked about don't do. They do a lot of those things because they don't have any desire. They, they're not even trying to learn what's the best way To do a farm business, they too busy making spar videos. So I'm just looking at some of these comments. Yeah. So, like I said, guys, that's pretty much a. a, That is pretty much. um, I hope. I hope. I hope, like I said, uh, you know, this information w- was was usable, was, was, was beneficial. Because like I say, you know, if you never had a bunch of farm visits, you don't know. But the individuals who have had a lot of farm visits, um, they do know. You know, a lot of the stuff I talked about has happened to them. And I'm just sharing stuff from conversations that I have had with individuals who have who has given farm visits and a lot of farm visits. And these are some of the things that they talk about. And then that, that teaches me on how to carry myself when I'm at a farm. You know what I mean? Um, so, again, I mean, my, my farm, I, I never had a bad experience at a farm visit. I never had a bad experience at a farm visit. Um, and I think, like I said, if you follow what I just talked about, you know, you might already do it. You may you may already do everything that I talked about. But if you don't, it ain't going to hurt to do it. That's one thing I know. It's not going to hurt to do it. So just give it a try. Um, and see and see like i say what happens um he's just looking at a lot of uh yeah I see a lot of guys i mean a lot of guys understand what i'm saying and they agree with it they know it makes all the sense in the world um you know but like i say i we just don't need to assume that everybody knows it oh that's a good one Lil Mac from uh, Facebook, this is one I didn't cover. Uh, Okay. Lil Mac from Facebook said that this is a good one, too. I didn't cover this. This is a really good one. Lil Mac said that uh, how about negotiating prices on birds and lowballing? Now, I'm just going to share my personal opinion with this, with what Lil Mac just said. Uh, Lowballing, I think, is just disrespectful. Now, everybody got their opinion of what lowballing is. You know, in your mind, if you're trying to lowball somebody, um, what I personally do, and the way I personally look at it is, uh, what a man asks for his foul, that's what that foul is worth to him. Uh, from a business standpoint, they always say let the market dictate what the value of something is. Uh, if You asking $500 for something, and nobody will give you $500. They'll only give you $300. Then based on business, business says that then the value of that foul is $300. And I totally understand that. Now, to that individual, he might say, I'd rather make chicken soup out of them than to give them to you for $300. So that's kind of where we get kind of – there's no – set standard, right? The way I look at it is if I'm going to an individual's house and I'm willing to do business with that individual, I trust that individual is giving me the value that he's asking for, right? If I go out there and a guy wants 500 for his bird, he's either I'm going to give him 500 or I'm just not going to get the bird. I have never, uh, I have never really negotiated prices on foul. Um, I think, you know, uh, and in my nature, it is to negotiate. That's what I do for a living. But to me, when you're taking care of a foul, a animal, a dog, or a cat, or something like that, or any kind of animal, to me is a little bit of a little bit more personal bond with that, versus if you're negotiating a car, a building a piece of property you know or something like that right so I basically uh just give the individual what they're asking for the foul or I just don't get it at all if he say he wants 500 for it and I don't think it's worth 500 then I just don't get it I say you know no I can't do 500 no you know I, I can't get that that's it and he may say hey you know what well what can you do you know would you willing to do 400? then that's him starting a negotiation. That ain't me. Like he said, I want 500 for this. And I say, no, I give you 425. I don't do that. I personally don't do that. Uh, there's a lot of people out there that don't see nothing wrong with doing that. And, and I don't have any opinion. Only thing I can share is what I do and don't do. I, I believe the price is what it is. You know, um, many guys would tell, I, I, I'll give you a promise example. I bought some brood stock and, uh, Everything on a yard was a is just a thousand dollars, right? No matter if it's a hen, if it's a if it, if it's a if it's a stag, it, it's a thousand dollars. So uh, he doesn't sell anything under six months. Like you can't go there and buy three month old, you know, three month olds and stuff like that. You can't. Everything is six months and above. So if it's out there and it's six months, is a thousand dollars. Not oh, that one is six months is a thousand. But that one over there is eight months, and that's $1,200. No, this is all 1000 So I went out there and purchased a pair. It was $2,000 for the pair. $1,000 for the hen, $1,000 for the cop. I didn't negotiate with him. Now, there's many people that know me say, man, you crazy. You should have paid all that money. I have a reason behind that. I had a reason behind why I paid the money I paid for those particular birds from that particular breeder. I just had I had a reason for it. But I particularly do not go to anybody's house and negotiate prices with their birds. You should know what the price of their birds are before you even go out there. And if you still go out there knowing the price of the birds, I don't see how you out there even negotiate. Like <laughs> you already, you know what I'm saying? Because anything less than your standard, you shouldn't be buying it anyway. And anything up to your standard, you should be okay with paying the price because they already told you what the price was the price is $2,000 for a trio, you make sure when you go out there, anything less than your standards, you just don't buy it at all. Until you find that trio that's worth that $2,000. Other than that, don't buy anything. But he's giving you the price. And when you go out there, if the birds meet your standards, you give him that price. If the birds don't meet your standard, don't get anything at all. That's it. Just don't get nothing. So uh, many times breeders would say, you know what? Uh, you know, uh, since you're getting two, two, I give you, you know, this one for five and I give you the next one for three. Okay. He offered that negotiation. You didn't. If you like the deal, take it. But as far as going out there lowballing and and all that kind of hard negotiating with somebody over there foul, I don't think that's a good idea. So, little Mac, that's my long answer to a short question. (laughs) My long answer to a short question. Uh, Yes, Uh, Victor Victor, uh, brought up a good one. You know, Victor said, what about not bringing the same clothes and shoes you feed in to avoid bringing in sicknesses? Again, I talked what I talked about earlier, biosecurity. You know, there's a risk every time a breeder lets somebody else to his farm because he don't know what you left from. You might have a yard full of sick chickens and you might be very nasty and everything. You might have dead birds sitting around and all that. He don't he doesn't know that he didn't ask to see your farm before you came to see his. So I would say definitely go out there. If you don't have brand new clothes, go out there with a, a pair of fresh clothes that's freshly washed and go out there with those. Um, but yeah, so that's what I would say. Uh so yeah, yeah, Victor, that's that's how I feel about that. Right. Let's see what Alfaro says. man. Well, Alfaro said, if you go looking for a foul, you don't really have the power to negotiate the price. That goes back to what I'm saying. When I went to Buddy's house, he wasn't there to negotiate. He told me what the prices was, and that was it. And if I said anything else, he looked at me like I was disrespecting him. You know what I mean? Which that wasn't going to come out of my mouth because I knew what his price was on him. I just went out there to see if I seen something that I liked. And I seen two things, I seen more than two things, but I picked two of them that I like out of the ones that he kind of selected for me based on what I was looking for. And I took two, gave him his money, and I moved along. And it was was money well spent. So, you know, again, like I say, you go out there, um, you know, whatever that man's price is, that price, and you should know his prices before you get out there. And if you don't find nothing out there that you think is worthy for that price, then just don't get anything at all. Don't go out there and say, I know your stag's are 800, but that one over there, got a this, got a that, got a this or a that. And, you know, uh, 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 can you give me that one for 500? You know, I have had a breeder tell me that. Though I went there to look at one thing. I was like, "Ah, he's all right. You know, I like this and that. You know, but I was like, "Nah, I ain't really going to get it. And he said, well, I got one other thing for you to take a look at. He said, "This this one right here. Had a little defect on it. It wasn't a genetic defect. Um, got his toe stuck in a cage at an early age, and it was messed up. He said, hey, well, I got this one right here. I'll give it to you for this price. And I and I got it. It was worth it. It wasn't, as long as I knew it, it, wasn't nothing genetic. I was okay with it. He was going to be a brew cock anyway. And I know guys have their opinion. Oh, no, I don't breed anything with your defect. I, I understand that. And this, this, this episode is not about that. <laughs> this episode is not about that. So uh, it's either, you know, that's what it is. You know, that's what it is. But yeah, I don't I don't negotiate prices when I go to somebody's house. I know what they sell a birds for. So if I go there, that's what I'm expecting to pay. And only thing that's left is for me to find something that I like for that price. Other than that, if I don't find anything I like for that price, then I just go on home. Yeah. Now this is a great one. And this is the reason why I paid what I paid. That $2,000 for that pair because of what Lee Best just said. Lee Best said, especially brood stock, if it produces what you want, it's cheap enough no matter what the cost is. He's exactly right. And let me tell you why I agree with what Lee just said. The guy is selling birds for $1,000, right? You got guys going out there, and this is Legal Times, Legal in Puerto Rico. They're going there. They're purchasing birds for $1,000, and they're showing them, right? Okay. So I had a friend of mine that probably had about 15 to 20 birds from him. Excellent, excellent birds. So I was getting birds from him. Right? We had we had a really, really good relationship. The breeder, I didn't know the breeder as close as my friend did. I had a really close friend that knew that breeder for years. He grew up there, so he knew the breeder for years. I didn't really have a relationship. But I did have a friend. And I used to spend a lot of time with him, always going to his house, hanging out, eating, you know, uh, trimming. He taught me a lot about the uh, Puerto Rican fowl. So... With that relationship, I started buying fowl from him. Um, And I was not buying them from him because they were cheaper. I was buying them from him because I had an established relationship with him. I didn't really know. I knew of the breeder because he's very famous. But I didn't know the breeder. My friend, I knew. I seen him show a lot. We go to the pit a lot. I always go there. I hold the the birds for him while he mounts the weapons and all that kind of stuff. So I knew the quality of his birds. So when he starts selling why wouldn't I buy why wouldn't I why would I drive past him and go and buy from the other guy when I know my friend had good quality birds that came directly from him so I bought them and I bought a lot of them and and I did not buy them because they were cheaper because if he charged the same price that the other guy did, I still would have bought them because I knew what he had so that that's it. And to me, I got to the point after about four seasons of I got tired of buying birds. I would buy enough birds to get me through the season. And then, you know, next season, I would have some left over from the previous season and I would buy some more. I got tired of that because it was unpredictable. The results were, were unpredictable. I needed some predictability. So I needed to just start breeding some birds. And I wasn't going out there buying a whole season of birds that's at a thousand each. So I went out there and I bought some brood stock. So this way I can produce those birds that he's selling for a thousand each. And when I buy the, that, that brood stock from him, I asked the breeder, I want you to pick a good pair for me. And tell me how to breed them. Because he already perfected the recipe. That's the reason why I was there. So he picked out the pair. He made sure I liked them. I did. I purchased them. I bred them the way he told me to breed them. Going down the line, and I got very, very good results. Very good results. So that's why you're going out here to these farm visits. Pay the man what they're asking. You know what they're charging before you leave the house. Only thing that's left to do is find something that you like, and that's the end of the story. If you don't find nothing that you like for that price, then leave and don't get nothing. Don't get on that man's nerves trying to negotiate all these deals. If he offer you a deal or if he start negotiation, and many of them will. Okay, some of them won't. So that's how we handle that. What's up, Bone Crusher? Beloved said uh, relationships... Is very important, too. Yeah, that's what we talked about at the beginning of the video. You know, you want to establish a relationship with the individual prior to even doing a farm. Business. So, like I said, you're not wasting his time and he's not wasting. You're not wasting his time. You're not wasting your own time. Um, but, yeah. So, guys, I think uh, uh, that that is pretty much it. Uh, we answered a lot of the questions. Rob, yeah the 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 smokes is right there in my humidor right next to me um yeah so so guys that that's pretty much what i wanted to you know talk about during this session um you know uh that's what i wanted to talk about this section so i i hope um i hope that uh uh you know that the information that i share was valuable and it's just, again, coming from my experiences, doing all the traveling, north to south, east to west and across the water. I have visited so many places, met thousands of people. And I'm, I'm telling you, if you if you listen to what I talked about in this video, every one of your farm visits should be a great visit. And not only a great visit, but you should be able to establish or even nurture that relationship or build on that relationship that you started before you even went out there to do that farm visit. So I hope the information was useful. Pay attention, you know. Um, go back, listen to the uh, to, to to the whole video uh, because again, don't expect or assume or think this stuff is common sense because you might be doing some things that's causing breeders not wanting you to come back to their place. So, um, like I say, I hope that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. What's up, Junior? Jeff, yes, sir, brother. Hope to see you this weekend. I will see you this weekend, actually. So, yeah, come on down, man. So, like I said, guys, uh, you know, we got that meeting uh, this weekend uh, down there in um, the ABA, uh, the GBA down in Alabama, Heflin, Georgia. I mean, Heflin, Alabama. I'm sorry. I'm just reading these comments and trying to talk all at the same time. Um, so, come on down and see us. But, yeah, Junior, I'll see you uh, definitely this weekend. Yes, yes. Yes, Luis Mendez. That's what we talked about. So, yeah, guys, it's a lot of great comments coming in. And it's stuff that we already talked about, you know, during this episode. You know, a lot, a lot of great information. A lot of great information. Yep. A lot of guys are sharing a lot of great information. A lot of great comments. A lot of great comments. So, uh, but that's it, guys. I'll let y'all go. You know, um, until the next. Uh, what's up, Jay? Yes, sir, Jay. So, yeah, Jay, we're about to finish this thing out. We had some very good comments that came through. Guys, remember to go in the comment section after we end this uh, this live. And uh, it's a lot of great information in the comment section as well. Like I say, it's always a great opportunity uh, to visit uh, the comment section, because, again, that's the opportunity for us to each one teach one. A lot of things that we can learn from each other. And it typically is all going on down in the comment section. Um, yep, that's it. Yes, Okie said that, uh, hey, Jim, I visited my mentor years ago. He offered me some stags at a good price. I saw a hen I liked and asked her price. He told me what he wanted and I paid it. Exactly. That's the way I look at it. Uh, Adam, go to my, I just made a video a few minutes ago, Adam, uh, prior to this video, I made a video prior to this video, uh, the, um, uh, Alabama GBA meeting is this Saturday, November 5th. Um, the location of the meeting is two four nine County road, 204. 249 249 County road, two Oh four, Heflin, Alabama, three, six, two, six, four. Uh, But go into my prior uh, video. The address is there in in the description, in the top, and also the address is in the comment section. It's going to be this Saturday. There's going to be a lot, a lot of great people out there. There's going to be a really, really good turnout. We're going to have a lot of fun, a lot of great people coming out there. And there's going to be people from a whole bunch of other states. It ain't just going to be people from Alabama. So I'm just encouraging y'all guys to take the opportunity for us all come out there in brotherhood and fellowship, to talk chickens, you know, have fun, tell stories, share life experiences, you know, get questions answered, you know, take an opportunity to teach somebody something and also learn something uh, in the uh, in the process of it. And then we can do a whole bunch of laughing out there. Guys can tell funny stories and all that kind of stuff. So I really look forward uh, to um, to uh, doing that uh, this Saturday down in Alabama. So, guys, that is pretty much it. Yep. Yeah. This is this is going to be my last comment. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm posting up before I I end this. Uh, Jeff Chapman said that. uh, uh, Jeff Chapman said a lot of the people just uh, don't have the respect responsibility to visit a nice, clean farm. I won't even touch a chicken on a farm unless the owner hands it to me. Exactly right. That's what I talked about earlier. I don't grab people's chickens, period. I don't walk over there and step on a tie cord and grab a chicken. I don't do that. I let the owner hand me the chicken. That's it. That chicken can hurt himself trying to get away from me because you're a stranger. So I don't grab people's chickens at all. Uh, let's see here. Mike Kirkland said, when you visit somebody's farm, it's not a petting zoo. Don't go snatch up someone's rooster off a Thai cord or open a pen door. That's exactly right. Exactly right, guys. And again, you think it's common sense is nowhere near common sense at all. Nowhere near common sense. So uh, just want to let y'all guys know that. Um, but yeah, guys, I guess that's it. I guess that's it. Like I said, if you didn't have opportunity to watch the whole video, the whole episode, watch the whole episode. I think it's some great things that we'll learn. Well, not just learn, but some things you may just agree with. Um, but, again, if you haven't did a lot of farm visits, I shared a lot of great information in here to get you off to a head start on that farm visit, um, what you need to do on a farm visit. Also, two guys, before we close out, I talked about uh, we're working on a new platform. Um, some of the guys, uh, I seen a comment earlier was the guy saying that, uh, were we going to stop offering free interviews. Well, I guess the answer is probably going to be yes, because, again, uh, operating on these free platforms comes at a cost, being shadow banned, people not being able to fire the interviews. I basically the other day went to look for a live interview, I mean a live stream that I had done, the one I had done in Walmart, and I couldn't even find it on my own page. I literally couldn't even find it on my own page. How can I? How can I not find a video that I made on my own page? So the answer is gonna be yes, we're moving to a platform that is going to be a membership based is going to be kind of set up with the theme of a Netflix. Uh, We're going to be doing tutorials on there. And the tutorials are pretty much going to be one topic interviews on a set topic, you know, and we're going to kind of use those as tutorials. Guys are already sending me uh, short videos of them working birds on workbenches. Guys are going to be making videos on how they dip birds, how they feed birds, how they worm birds, you know, all different types of things. So we're going to be creating content like that. So it's going to be, that's what the platform is going to be about. It's a community section there, like a, like a Facebook feed that we can communicate about the videos and stuff like that, that's posted to the platform. So the platform that we're working on now is pretty much going to be kind of set up like a Netflix, you know, because everybody loves that video content. Everybody wants to see these interviews. Um, and that's what we want to do. And we also want to create tutorials. And we cannot create tutorials and post them on YouTube, Or Facebook because I have gotten uh, strikes on both of them. I posted a short video of a bird running on a treadmill. Uh, YouTube put a strike on it, said it was violent and graphic and uh, locked my my channel for 90 days. Uh, Same thing happened with Facebook. So I'm not going to be going back and forth with those shenanigans. Um, If an individual don't see any value in joining a membership, and it's going to be very affordable. Like I said before, we're trying to price it around the cost of a combo meal, you know, going to, to, to Burger King, you know, and getting the number one. If guys don't want to pay that, I totally understand it. Because one thing I do know, the platform is not going to be for everybody and we're not competing against nobody. There's a whole bunch of guys out here that got 100,000 Facebook groups. Everybody got a YouTube channel. Everybody's trying to do everything that they can to prove to the world that they got the latest and the greatest information. Well, Journey to the Pit is not about that. Journey to the Pit is about taking life, real life experiences from real life active breeders of today from all different parts of the world, all different farm sizes, and sharing that knowledge. Because there is not no one type of person who follows Journey to the Pit. There's guys from all different walks of life that follow Journey to the Pit. It's people that live in all different climates that follow Journey to the Pit. So there's not gonna be no one person with the answer to all those different situations. So again, we're not competing against nobody. We want to create the platform for the individuals that see value in it. Everybody's not going to see value in it because, again, many would rather watch YouTube videos for free, scroll through Facebook books for free, and that is nothing wrong with that, nothing at all. So we're not focused on those individuals. We're just focused on individuals who's, who wants to absorb and, and, and consume our content. That's it. That's it. Um, yeah. yeah. See, so this is what I'm talking about. Just like this. Like, like Jeff just said, you know, he's always in Facebook jail. Dude, it, it, you get to a point where you got to get tired of that. I, I know I'm tired of it. And I was tired of creating content that everybody wasn't able to see. They're Like, oh, where is this interview? Where is that interview? A guy today messaged me. Hey, man, where is this interview? Can't find it. So, again, with our own platform, you'll be able to find it. It'll be up there. So if, if, if individuals think we're supposed to fund that and create that out of our own pocket, why they consume information that benefits them, then, again, YouTube and Facebook is where you need to be. No, Nothing wrong with that. So that's why they created those platforms. So instead of you sending them you know, $10 or $15 a month, you'll just give them rights to all your personal information. It's your choice, but you're not using it for free. One just requires you to send them a small monthly amount. The other one just requires you to give them all of your information 24 hours a day. You make a choice. So, And it's not a comparison. Our platform is not to compete with anybody else's platform. We're just creating this platform So we can continue to do what we was doing. Creating content to educate individuals. That's it. Not to convince you to shut one down, leave that to come over to us, or not listen to this guy to come over to us. No, that's not why we create this platform. We create it because we're tired of getting shadow banned, put in Facebook jail, all these restrictions, not being the the post not being shown to people. I'm so sick and tired of that, and I'm tired of even complaining about it. So... Y'all guys have a good night. And that is pretty much it. And I will talk to y'all soon. Share the video if you like, because I'm sure there's other people out there that needs to watch it. I'll talk to y'all guys soon.